0: Hey, welcome back to the Beyond the Message podcast. We're so excited to be back after a week off. Um, we had our Us vs Us, which talked about racism and, and our response as a church to what we should be doing in that time. But we're back here on the podcast and it is so exciting. My name is Lockie and it's my job to help you navigate those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message that you can grow your faith. And today we're launching a brand new series called Me and My Big Mouth. And we're really painting some broad brushstrokes over this series today talking about relationships and communication and talking about how it's actually good to be right with each other not at each other so enjoy this conversation with chris and we'll see you at the end help you win these 167 hours beyond sunday or beyond the message today we're going to be looking at part one of our brand new series called me and my big mouth and today we're joined by chris podlick who gave us the first message of this series uh chris how you going
1: and i'm doing well that's good to
0: see uh i see you're no longer in your walking wardrobe that was a, a quick stint there
1: uh it was laziness this morning i was a little underprepared so i, I can tell you <laughs> have time to set the walk-in wardrobe up yeah i can tell the acoustics aren't as good uh from your room yeah i apologize to all our listeners for for that next time we'll be back <laughs> it's okay i don't even know what acoustic means um but
0: you know we've got a, we've got a great great new series this week we've had a week off of this podcast we're launching back into Um, what should be a really, um, I think practical series. I mean, I'd say they're all practical, but this one in particular, I think is really going to help you, um, conversationally, relationally, if, if this stuff is applied. So before we get too deep into this week's content, Chris, could you give us a a rundown of what to expect over the next, is it three or four weeks? I'm not quite sure. It's a four
1: weeker. Yeah. Four weeks. So, um, really with this series, what, what we want to do is, and I'm sure people can think of a time where maybe they've put their foot in their mouth, uh, they said something they shouldn't have, they've, um, you know, haven't been clear in what they're saying or they've accidentally offended someone. And uh, we just kind of look at, want to look at like how we can avoid that scenario uh, because oftentimes it's our words that get us into trouble. Uh, So really this series is kind of looking at like, how do we just keep our big mouths in check? Like how do we just, when there's that tendency to speak, like how do we just, Hold it, hold yeah, on. That's really hold tough. It.
0: I mean, I have been terrible. As as you would know, the restrictions have been easing, which means we've been able to kind of see more people. And I haven't said anything like offensive yet, but I'm just terrible at... um, conv- Like once I've had a break from conversation for like a couple of months, now I'm getting back to it. I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that thing. You know, I haven't hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, and hopefully I don't, but I can, you know, I think this is a really good timing for this series as we like enter back into... Um, group settings and conversation and things like that. I definitely know yeah. I need I need a bit of this.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited, um, and because I, I think that all of us have at one point or another. Uh, and for for the gen, for like you know millennials and Gen Zers, this uh, series could also apply to some of the things you post on social media. Um, it's not just it's not just physical words that come out of our mouth, but it's also some of the words that come out of you know off our thumbs. Um, yes into into digital world as well so don't just think this is just purely yeah physical conversation this can be online conversation as well that's
0: really interesting because i believe you know as as christians or followers of jesus we have a a duty to represent um represent god in in all that we do and and i guess some people um yeah that 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 gap between their online presence and their and their personal whether it's goes you know whether they're like kind of a saint or perfect online and and you know they're not in real in real life or they just use the online platform to be really provocative uh and and stir the pot so i think that's that's really cool that this is for this is for everyone this is to to get a a bigger a better grip on on how the words we say and the impact they have Um, so let's get straight into our four questions for this week's for monday Um, we kind of talked a bit about uh maybe how we've not done relationships so well. And I've got a like my first question, Chris, for you is is why as kind of a broader society um or kind of people group today, why do you feel that we've failed so badly in relationships?
1: mm It's a nice easy question just to kind of get us like just get <laughs> just me to, to diagnose just to ease the, into the series, you know. Just get me to diagnose culture's uh problem. Look, I, in terms of like as it relates specifically to this series Uh, I would say one of the challenges that we have uh, as a society is that we want people to hear us but we don't want to take the time to understand others you know I I, one of the things that um, when I was at university one of our lecturers um, was this really brilliant um, science guy and he was really always big on the fact that uh, you need to understand people's positions who don't think like you and don't act uh, and and don't view the world that you, the way that we do Mm. um, or the way that you might. And he said, you know, and uh, he always talked about, you know, like when you're reading uh, maybe a journal article or you're reading someone's post on Facebook or something, pay attention to the feelings that that elicits within you because that's, that's actually your feelings. It's not their feelings. Like they haven't created that feeling in you. Like uh, and, and try to understand, even if you don't agree, even if you don't believe it, try to understand, hey, why does that person think the way that they do? What's led them uh, to that place? And I think a lot of times as a society, we're very very kind of clear, like, here's my thoughts, here's my truth. We say that a lot. I just want to speak my truth. Um, (laughs) But we don't want to hear other people's truths or the other side of uh, other people's
0: stories. I guess in the era of social media as well, you can... Uh, it's not socially acceptable to walk into a conversation, to, to um, blurt out your opinion and then leave. However, in this era, we can have the ability to just enter into a conversation or a dialogue or start one and just leg it, get out of there and see what happens. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it pl- applies both to conversation and, and social media.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one thing that perhaps we've lost a little bit. Um, to a certain degree, as as a culture, like um, I don't know if our listeners know, but I I am a bit of a philosophy nerd, and I, I thought you were uh, going to say I'm an Instagram influencer because I would have believed
0: that as well. But um, <laughs> no, we'll take philosophy slightly. <laughs> no,
1: I just all my Instagram is like ribs and writing, um, and coffee. <laughs> no, sturdy. but I, I somewhat true, Chris. Somewhat I am true. a philosophy nerd, so um, I really enjoy it. But one of the things that That you notice when you read um, philosophers, particularly a lot of the ancient Greek philosophers uh, is that their culture used to be a place where ideas were kind of set forth and it was set forth in the hope that, Hey, I hope you kind of poke some holes in my thinking so that it has to get stronger. It wasn't to, Hey, I'm going to put this thought forward so that I can defend it and it's the only right way. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. It was, here's my thinking. I want you to show me the weaknesses, the strengths, and I want it to get better and better and better. I mean, we see this in the New Testament as well. Like this is the same culture that Paul walked into um, at the Acropolis in in Rome. And so, uh, sorry, in Greece, um, in Athens, not Rome, Rome's in Italy, um, but at the Acropolis in Athens. And Paul had dialogues with these philosophers and he would have been putting the ideas forward. Uh, about the way of following Jesus and what that looks like. And he would have been debating and dialoguing mm. uh, with other philosophers and other thinkers. And so uh, I, I think that that I see that when I read a lot of old, old philosophy and I'd love to see that kind of reemerge. that people would, hey, here's my thought, here's my idea. I'd love to have a dialogue around it because I'd like this to get stronger and better. But I'm not going to know that unless you point out where, where my thinking might be a little bit weak. And that could apply to faith. So obviously, you know, we get to
0: um, discuss and, and really break down our faith in a way of evangelism as well. We're sharing our faith by, by unpacking it with people, but also our personal philosophies and ideas. I, I, I'm in this interesting phase where I'm thinking a lot about um, you know, how to look after finances, how to schedule my days, how to, what career to go down. You know, I think that I would benefit from a lot of feedback actually in that point where I feel Maybe I've got these ideas and I've, I'm going headlong into these, these, you know, almost philosophies of life. And if I actually stopped and paused and, and let people into that, I'm sure they'd be a lot stronger and we could actually together um, create better systems and, and better like, things that we can follow.
1: Yep. Yeah. Totally agree.
0: Yeah. So um, our full Monday was really to look at ways to be right with each other, not at each mm-hmm. other. And being right um, is is this big idea in conversation and particularly arguments. And we kind of made the point that when you 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 might win an argument, um, but the idea is that you would also lose relationally. So you win something, but you lose something probably bigger. And Christopher, question number two: What does it what does it mean to lose
1: relation relationally? Sorry. Yeah, I think. Really similar to what you said, it just, it simply means like to, to win for the argument, um, to fight, to fight for the win of the argument, as opposed to fight for the win of the relationship. Um, You see this in friendship. You see, I see it in marriages um, that people often argue housemates. You see that as well. Hey, where you fight just simply to be right, as opposed to you fight. For uh, fight for the relationship and how, how do you how will this conversation help the relationship grow, grow stronger or help the friendship grow stronger or help the marriage or the the housemate relationship grow stronger so yeah yeah right
0: that's um that's really interesting do you do you think that we do that well is that something that we are prioritizing or you know kind of back to our first question
1: well oh, that's a really good question I can say i I won't talk for uh, us as a culture that's too big of a i'm not a spokesperson <laughs> for culture I, i'll speak for me personally and i'll just say that it's definitely been a learning curve for me because uh, mm. i definitely like to be right uh and when um when i got married one of the things that i noticed and one of the things i really uh appreciate about emma is that uh what like she always says things like well we don't we don't Uh, we don't fight that way. We don't disagree that way. We don't. And so that over, over the course of our marriage has been something that I've started to think like, Oh, okay. Like I disagree with maybe the way that this has been handled or the Mm. way this has been done, but, but we don't address it that way. Sure. So now I'm not fighting to be right. I'm fighting for, okay, well I want our relationship to be the best it can be. And I can win the argument Mm. by approaching it this way, but I, I lose something out of the relationship. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's been something I'm personally learning I, and it's always a challenge. Well, I just had a thought of like
0: when you you know when you're in primary school and I'm talking like early primary school, when you have an a, a disagreement or something happens with your friend and they said, "Oh, well, you can't come to my birthday party." And that is that is the most savage, you know, kind of um thing you hear as a child, but you know, don't we use that in our society these days? Like, you know, we 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 don't say it in that in such blunt ways, but in, um, while we're trying to prove that we are right, or we're trying to win an argument, we can actually hold some things above people's heads to say,
1: Hey, well, if you do this, then, you know, this. Oh, and, and I've seen that. I've seen that so much, uh, particularly on hot button issues, you know, uh, Oh, well, if you don't agree with this particular way of thinking, you must be a misogynist. Yeah. You must be, uh, you must be a homophobe, you must be a racist, you must mm. be. And, and I think it's kind of, all that simply does is to say, if you don't agree with me, here's a label that you have to wear. Yeah. If you don't agree with me. And that it's, life is not binary. Life is not black or white. There's a lot of gray space. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually, Locke. Um, it's kind of the, the grown-up equivalent of you can't come to my birthday party. It's if you yeah. don't agree with me, if you don't see the world the way that I do, then you have to wear this label. Not yeah and we and we are very quick to to
0: disassociate ourselves from people who don't see this the world the same way we do and yep. at in at the end of the day we're going to lose out relationally. We're not going to have the solid friendships because uh you're not going to have people in your life who see the world exactly like you do, and as as that hot hot topic issue comes into play, you'll say, "Oh hang on, you don't see that okay, we're done here and it's uh it doesn't sound like a very very good way to live um, no people
1: end people with different uh, ways of looking at the world actually help broaden our perspective and help, help challenge our thinking and make our thinking stronger. So we shouldn't just get people who think the way that we think about the world. I think, well, actually, and this is something that I know you do, Chris. um, And
0: that is taking advice and taking perspective from non-Christians. I know that some of my best podcasts and YouTubers, um, I I listen to, they're not Christian. Um, they bring perspectives to life that I get to then sit back and have a, you know, have perspective on and say, okay, I don't agree with that. Um, but I'm actually going to, I'm choosing to look outside of what I know is comfortable and what I think is right to actually broaden my perspective
1: and, and pick, pick things up and, and improve my life like that. Yeah. I think it's that whole idea of um, chewing the meat and spitting the, the metaphorical bones is that, um, you, can, you can kind of be on board with 50% of what someone's saying or 70% of what someone's saying or 30% mm. of uh, what someone's saying. And, you know, like a lot of times if I go to a conference or I listen to a video online or something, um, I try to take uh, what uh, one, of, one of my mates said to me once. He said, uh, if you can just take one thing away, one positive thing away that you could think, oh, I could change that or I could adapt it regardless of whether they're a Christian or not, like that's been some time well spent. So, um, you know, I think uh, it's just, just because someone isn't a Jesus follower doesn't mean they don't have ideas that are, that line yeah. up with God's thinking. Cause at the end of the day, they're still created in the image of God.
0: Mm. Um,
1: that's really good.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess like what we've, what we've discussed is that, you know, our ability to, um, to lose relationships or to have, you know uh unhealthy relationships comes down to a lack of understanding maybe a lack of listening um not being not being real uh, all all those kind of things on the flip side of this going into our third question for today um what does genuine listening if if listening seems to be the uh the opposite of all those those bad things what does genuine listening do to a relationship
1: yeah um so I kind, of, I kind of thought that I might actually define what genuine listening kind of looks like um, in, a, in a good way to answer this question. Because uh, I think in defining it, it might help people kind of see in their own lives what it might look like. So um, what genuine listening kind of looks like, uh, I kind of borrowed Stephen Covey. So if you don't know Stephen Covey, he wrote this really quite famous book called The Seven Habits uh, of Highly Effective People. And habit number five, is seek first to understand, uh, then be understood. So that is, you know, commonly we might call that like empathic listening or something like uh, active listening. But what that essentially does is it changes the way in which we have conversations. Uh, because now all of a sudden, my primary purpose in the conversation is to actually understand fully where you're coming from. It's not to get my point across. It's not to win the argument. It's not to um, make you see how smart I am. My primary purpose is for me to understand your point of view and how you arrived at it. Not to agree with you, not necessarily to even believe you, but just to understand how you got to um, where you are in the conversation. And um, if people are kind of wondering like, well, how would, how would I begin to do that? A couple of ways you can do that is just simply like just avoid distractions. Like if you really want to um, understand someone, don't have, don't have your phone up in front of the the age of distraction,
0: I believe is what um, people have, have considered our, our generation to be.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that's, that one's pretty easy. Avoid distractions. Another one that'll help you avoid distractions is like, keep, keep good eye contact. So that kind of goes with body language and everything, but, um, make sure that you're engaged in some way, you know, don't like, don't hold eye contact and never look away. Um, but <laughs> keep a healthy a level. Yeah, <laughs> that's just weird, but keep a healthy, healthy level of eye contact. And then, um, this one is really, uh, I found it personally really, really helpful is just reword what the person has said to you using your own words. And maybe you might lead with kind of, you might say something like, so I'm not sure what you're trying to hundred percent maybe correct me if I'm wrong but are you saying that mm. and then re and then the person has the ability to say huh well you kind of understand a little bit but let me clarify a few things that that I think you have misunderstood
0: yeah so just to clarify Chris to rephrase what someone's just said you really show that you're listening and it really um sorry I just I just tried to apply it I don't know I had it nothing was, else to say
1: it's okay yes no you pretty much nailed it yeah great it. great 10 stars five stars I don't know. How you can have stars. as many stars Thank as you, you want. Chris. Appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I think like, I think the cool thing about that is that it's this book called seven habits for highly effective people, not communicators, not, um, businessmen or CEO. It says like, if you want to be a, a, an effective person and that's applicable to any industry, any profession vocation mm-hmm. that listening and seeking to understand is, is effective. It's good. It's genuine. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, there's some of the practices, but what's the, what's the benefit? Like, is it, um, is it for your benefit? Is it for their benefit? W- what actually happens when we
1: do those things really well? I think it's for the ultimately, yes, it is for your benefit, but ultimately it's, it's the relation, the relational benefit of it. I mean, um, the passage we're looking at on the weekend or at beyond at home was, um, James one nineteen to 21, and I can't, I just want to read it really quickly. Cause I love the message translation of it. It's just, it says, um, I didn't speak out of the, out of the message. I spoke out of the NLT, but the message translation says, um, post this, this at all the intersections, dear friends, lead with your ears, which I, I think this imagery is great. right. Lead with your ears, follow with your tongue and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage in simple humility. Let our gardener God landscape you with the word making a salvation garden of your life. And, and there's a part there where it says, um, so throw all cancerous evil in the garbage. So what James is kind of referring to is that um, this, this way that he's kind of talked about of like leading with listening um, and then follow with your tongue is actually like, it's almost like a garment, like a way of living that we put on. Mm. And when we, let, uh, when we let our own personal anger drive how we engage in relationships, we're actually putting on uh, something that's not God's righteousness, but it's our righteousness, which is just kind of like our ability to be right. Um, that's all righteousness is, like my rightness, your rightness. Yeah. Um, and so James is talking about actually when you wear God's rightness, uh, that actually changes the way in which you engage and look at um, and look at relationships.
0: That's really good. Um, where can we find that in James? There was a lot of big words there. It'd be great yeah. for for our listeners to be yeah. able to go and and sorry. And...
1: That yeah, you're good. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that that was, um, I just jumped in over the top of you. I apologize. And that was James one uh, versus 19 to 21. Definitely go check that out. I I even just heard that and went, wow, that's some, that's some big words, but
0: I'm sure that, um yeah that would like some not just big words, just some really heavy hitting words like was it cancerous something you know, um I guess that's really talking to the effect. evil, yeah, talking to the effect of of um the opposite of humility arrogance and and things like that in listening so we've got some practical application, but to finish off today with our fourth question what what's the one thing that I can do this week um that's gonna help me to be quick
1: to listen and slow to speak in my conversations yeah so you can do all the the little the things i said earlier you can add those to your active listening repertoire but the one thing that i think would give you the most benefit is just to simply um just to ask three clarifying questions when you're in a conversation and maybe that's you feel yourself kind of getting worked up you feel yourself getting angry or you think kind of like, oh, my rightness is going to creep in and I'm going to tell you and I'm going to show you and let me, let me tell you how it is. Um, when that arises, I would just always ask three clarifying questions. Um, so have the conversation, keep going. And so hopefully you'll arrive at a place at the end of those three questions where you might not agree, but maybe your anger will have subsided because you understand the other person a little bit better. Sure. So they're not three questions. You're not going to give us the three questions now.
0: It's more so saying that clarify from what you've already heard. So don't, you've got to practice that active listening to a certain point where you have enough group of the conversation and the emotion of of the other person that you can say, hang on, can you just clarify?
1: Or I I think I heard this. Can you just, um, yeah, you might, you might ask something like, uh, how did you arrive at that view mm. or, you know, what, what led up to that moment for you? And so you just ask questions just to help the person, um, reframe or continue to, to narrow in, um, their point of view. Yeah, actually it's a, it's an interesting example, but, um,
0: family of origin is one thing that I've recently uh, discovered in kind of some, um, some pre-marriage courses where, uh, there's certain things that you pick up in your life and certain habits and things that you do simply because that's what your family did. And by understanding, say by asking questions, say, Hey, help me understand where that came from. Uh, and you would say, Oh, as a kid, we did this. And you know, you know that their point of view has been cemented in their mind since they were a kid. And so by actually seeking to understand, Hey, where does that come from? Where does that, that pattern of thinking or that aggression or whatever, where does that come from? And by kind of, um, I've got a mentor who calls it, um, Pulling the string, you know, when you like pull out a, a thread of your jumper, mm-hmm. it calls it like pulling the thread of a conversation and you get to the the root of the of the problem and and you get understanding of where they're coming from and they get understanding of, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize this is where it came from. And we actually get to the core of the issue and we can see change. Like we can actually speak into change at that point.
1: That's a really good... That's a really good image. And I think for a lot, of, a lot of people, particularly if you're in a relationship or a dating relationship, that's a really great place to start. And I think even for a lot of people um, who aren't in relationships, just asking those clarifying questions can sometimes uh, challenge you to realize that, oh, hang on a minute, I formed this opinion mm. after reading a headline on Facebook. <laughs> or I actually, you know, the only reason I actually believe this or I, I have this position is because you know my mate Tomo told me, uh, and Tomo heard it from, from someone Tomo. else, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Tomo is just kind of. So I think it's just he- it's just healthy when you start mm. to pull that um, pull that thread.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Well, this is going to be a great series. I think that um, if this is the base the base level, I'm looking forward to to digging in deeper in the social media. Um, applying it to uh, personal relationships, both you know, dating or marriage, and, and friendships to your boss at work or your co-workers. I think this stuff is going to see your life um, improve incredibly if you apply it. Um, anything? Any last last words? We don't have last words. We've got three more episodes to talk through this, Chris.
1: Yeah, I would just say uh, continue, keep listening. Um, I'm really excited for this uh, conversation as it develops over the next couple of weeks. Awesome! Thanks so much for
0: for being on today, and uh, we will see you we'll see you in a couple of weeks because we've got a, a special guest coming on for part two, a, a non Beyond communicator, a friend of Beyond though, um, who's going to come and give us part two. So we're, we're really excited about that, um, but we'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in again today. If you liked it, please give us a rating and subscribe and share it with a mate. That's the best thing you can do: is to send it to someone who you know is going to listen and love this podcast just as much as you do. Apart from that, we are we've apart from that, we've got a great guest coming on the podcast next week, uh, Jason Perkins. He delivered part two of the Me and My Big Mouth series, and he's coming back on the podcast to help us out to unpack it and to look at ways in which you can apply his concepts from his message over your week. We'll see you next time. Have a great week.